Michael Spaulding is a man you probably haven't heard of. In many circles, he would be an unknown. He, his profession, um, I suppose you could say it, is that he is a marathon swimmer. He started out swimming channels between the Hawaiian Islands, and over many years, um, well, many, many years, he's had over 30 years of experience. He swam the channels, and he started with some of the smaller ones, and he's gone on. And in 2009, it would have been, he decided to swim the largest channel um, between uh, Hawaii and, and another island. I don't remember what that was, which for him was a distance of 33 miles. There was a... And he was swimming it all the way from, from one side to the other. And he, pre he prepared. He had to wait till the conditions were right because he knew how dangerous the ocean could be when you don't prepare. He had with him a kayak. He had with him a boat as well. And he swam. He swam this... Uh, this... Uh, this ocean, this, this channel between these islands. Ten miles from the shore, he was attacked by a, a cookie-cutter shark. And uh, first in his arm, which caused him to swim very quickly towards the kayak. And a second time um, before, before getting into the kayak. From there, he went to the safety of the boat very quickly after that. The cookie-cutter shark isn't very big. It's only about two feet long. And, uh, but it, it managed to take a couple of chunks out of him uh, just by the way that it has been designed. It took him five months to heal from that, and it was another two years before he made it another attempt. Five hours from the end of his second channel journey, um, swimming, he was stung by a Portuguese man of war, um, and he, he, which caused spasms and, and a lot of pain, um, as anyone who knows anything about what they do and what they can do would know. The pain, he kept going. The pain subsided a few hours later, and, uh, and three miles from the shore in the dark, he was bumped by a fish, which caused him to swim very, very fast, and, uh, and so he made it. Finally, in February 2011, after 19 hours and 43 minutes of swimming in the ocean. So why have I told you this story? <laughs> I'm sure you're all asking this question. The point is that the ocean is a dangerous place. And the longer you're out in the water, the more chance there is that something will go wrong. This man knew that. He had to wait for the conditions to be right. He knew that this swim would cause him to be swimming in the dark where you can't see anything. And he prepared and he went and he, he did it once and, well, didn't, didn't make it the first time and then managed to make it the second time. But both times something happened. Both times he um, had an encounter with the, the predators, the... the, the, the the things that are in the ocean that can be very dangerous. So I haven't told you this story just so that you're scared to go out swimming in the ocean. 
But there's a spiritual lesson that we want to look at tonight. See, when he first was attacked, he made sure he went into the boat very quickly. See, the boat was somewhere where he was very safe from cookie-cutter sharks, from anything else that the ocean could throw at him. And it gave him a place of refuge where nothing else was going to attack him that day. The boat, and uh, there have been many times where the church has been likened to a boat. See, a boat is where we are safe from everything that goes on around us. From this, it's a refuge from the storms outside, from the storms of life. If you start swimming outside of the boat, the seas might look calm. You know, it's, it's nice and calm and, and you go, oh, that looks nice, I'll go and have a swim today outside of the boat. You might get wet and f- refreshed on a hot day and get straight back into the boat afterwards. No harm done, right? You're still back in the safest place on the sea, you're back in the boat. So the next time you're tempted to swim a little bit further, you're still well within reach of the boat and can swim back quickly and easily no matter what happens. And you get back safely again and everything seems good. You stay in the boat for a while and it's like you never left at all until another hot day comes. Another bit of pressure on you and you go out again. You swim a little bit further this time. You can still see the boat in the distance. It's a decent way off, but you can still see that boat. But what you don't realize is that the weather, the surroundings can change in an instant. You see, in water, even in comfortable water, it's easy to get hypothermia when you're swimming in the ocean, even though it doesn't seem to be that cold. Also, sunstroke um, as you're out swimming, and dehydration, even though you're in a lot of water. Um, Those things can come very quickly as you swim out in the ocean. Exhaustion is another thing that can happen. There have been many... um, Many experienced swimmers who have had gear um, with them, flotation devices, who have drowned when they have gone swimming in the ocean, particularly in high seas where the, the, the waves go up and down and carry you up and down. And even though you've got all the gear, you've got the experience of swimming, you can still drown. Experienced swimmers have drowned when they have swum in the ocean. Then there's tidal drift and water currents that could take you or the boat away and you can't get back before your energy runs out. A storm could come out of nowhere and take you by surprise. And then there's the predators, the sharks, the sea snakes, uh, which uh, you can't see sea snakes coming. And sharks, well, it depends whether they're hungry or not. And any of these things could come while you're swimming in the ocean and you can't make it back to the boat. If I could get you to turn to Matthew chapter 14 and we'll start from verse 22. I'm going to read an account of someone being outside of the boat. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. And to go before him to the other side, well, he sent the multitudes away. Jesus had just done a great miracle. Matthew 14, 23, When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. 
And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. That was a great miracle that happened that day. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. You may think that you can walk on water, that you can rise above everything and everyone else and every situation on your own, but you'd be wrong. Only Jesus can walk on water. Because of who he is, he can't help but rise above every storm and every situation that anything could come, that could come against. But it's not the same for us. Even Peter, who was given specific leave from Jesus to walk on the water, got distracted and started to sink. And Jesus was standing right there in front of him. Don't you think that if anyone was going to get it right, it would be someone right there with Jesus, having been given specific approval by Jesus to get out of the boat? But he didn't. He got distracted. He started to sink. So why do you think that you could survive out of the boat, out of the church, when getting out of the boat takes you further away from Jesus, who is the captain of the boat, and you will be rebelling against specific instructions from Jesus to stay in the boat? Hebrews 10 and verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So encouraging one another, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but, and so much, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and for indignation which shall devour the adversaries. We know that we have instructions to stay in the church, to stay with the people of God and not to go out, not to uh, ostracize ourselves, not to cut ourselves off from the church. When you're in the boat, the storms of life that would drown you just lift you up and the church up higher as you are safe and as you are protected from destruction. Yes, you might get wet from the boisterous storms, from the waves that crash down on the ship. You might be afraid for your life as you get tossed up and down by these storms. You might not be able to see which way you are going and have no idea what direction to take, but you're in the boat. You're safe from that which is outside of the boat. And there is one steering the ship who does know where he and you are going because he is the captain of the boat. When you're in the boat, you're safe from predators in the water. The boat that we're in isn't some two-bit little dinghy where a shark or a crocodile could come and capsize the boat or drag you overboard. The ship we're in is more like a battleship, one that's protected from all enemies and all harm. 
But that's only as long as you stay inside the boat. Out in the ocean on your own, you're helpless, and you might as well wear a sign saying, eat me alive. (laughs) We have a predator already hunting us, and if we step out of the boat, we're easy prey. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, your opponent, the one that's trying to, to take you down, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We need to resist and not put ourselves into the hands of the predators of our adversary. When you're in the boat, you can't drown. That comment might just earn me the most insightful comment of the year. Of course, you can't drown when you're in the boat. But when you're outside of the boat, the cares of life and people can drag you down, exhaust you until you go down for the third time. But when you're in the boat, you're protected. You're lifted above any weariness. See, the world can't drag you down to your spiritual death if you stay in the church. In the church, in the boat, there is protection and support from both Jesus and the other church members who care about you. You see, people who leave the church, who decide to leave the church, aren't there strong, walking, following Jesus and, and committed and one day and then just make a choice to leave for good the next day. That doesn't happen. There's always something going on underneath the surface for a while beforehand. Sometimes it's months and sometimes it's years. But that person allows some bitterness or unforgiveness or rebellion to fester and to grow. And that person starts to withdraw themselves spiritually. The church is still as loving and caring as it has always been, but something has changed within that person and they can't feel that love anymore. So they start moving towards the outer edge of the boat. They move a bit further away from the crowd, from where everybody is, where it's the safest. And they gradually get to the railing on the edge. But they don't stop there. They eventually grab a rope and start hanging over the side. They can't bear to be in the boat anymore. They've still got some connection to the boat. They... They think they're all right. They've got the boat there that's still carrying them in a direction, but they're not really in the boat. They're still coming along to church, but their heart isn't really there. And when the first storm of life comes along, especially if it comes from a brother or sister in the church, there's no protection from the boat because they're not truly in it. They're just along for the ride. And the storm will just confirm what they've believed for a long time that the church doesn't care about them, that Jesus doesn't care about them. But, and so they leave. They make the choice and we don't see them again. But it wasn't Jesus that threw them off the boat. It wasn't the people in the church that threw them off the boat, that threw them out. They made the choice themselves to withdraw from fellowship and from closeness to Jesus. Don't let your story be the same as everybody else that has left the church. Stay in the boat. Don't play around at the edges. Don't think that you can hang on a rope, hang on by a rope outside the boat. Your arms will get tired eventually. But let Jesus heal your hurts. 
Don't let them fester. Don't let them turn to bitterness. Let the church minister to you and allow us to love you. If you feel no love coming from the church, start to look inside yourself because that is where the problem is lying. You see, what has happened is that the church doesn't love you any less, but you started to withdraw from inside yourself. You started to withdraw yourself from the people in the church. You've started to withdraw yourself from, from Jesus's, um effect on your life and your closeness to Jesus. The church doesn't love you any less than when you first started coming, but it's you that has changed. If you won't allow Jesus and the church to heal those hurts, there's only one possible destination one outcome. You see, there's a difference between being in the church building and being in the church. You can be here three services a week, be involved in activities, and even have your name on the church membership, but not be in the church. It's all got to do with your heart and your spirit, not your physical body. You can't earn your way into heaven by your perfect attendance. You can't make yourself worthy of salvation by giving great sums of money to the church. And you can't force a close relationship with Jesus by praying for 10 hours a day. You can only be in the church if you're obedient to God's word and you have your heart in the right place. Otherwise, you're just like someone who's holding on to the boat by a rope. You're not in the boat, you're just hanging on and being taken for a ride wherever that may go. And guess what? The first storm or the first rough sea that you hit, you're gone. You don't have the protection of the boat because you're not truly inside the boat. Don't think that you're protected in the boat just because you're in the church building. Are you following Jesus or your own thoughts and ideas? Have you surrendered your life fully to him or is there a part of your life that you refuse to let go? Does he guide and direct your steps or do you just do whatever you want? Jesus wants you to be in the boat. And we as the church want you to be in the boat. But it will be by Jesus' terms and not yours. See, he's the captain of the boat. He gets to make the rules. If you don't like his rules, you don't have to abide by them. But you won't be in his ship. You'll be in your own little dinghy of one where you get to make your own rules. After all, you're now the captain. You get to make the rules for your own boat. But you won't be protected from the wind, the waves, the storms of life, the predators, the sun, the cold, the strong currents, the lack of drinkable water. If you try to stay in a dinghy, you'll die sooner rather than later from one of those things, in real life and spiritually as well. If you try to survive outside of the church, you'll drown or drift away never to be seen again or get eaten up by bitterness, hate, or the cares of this world. If I could get someone to the piano, please. When we talk about swimming in the ocean, professionals can easily get hurt or die when they're swimming in the ocean. Even when they've got all the gear, even when they make careful preparations. Lots of things can go wrong. But when you're talking about the spiritual... Nobody's a professional in keeping their heads above water. You're either in the boat called the church or you'll drown. Jesus can walk on water 
even in the stormiest of seas because of who he is. In fact, he can't help but walk on the water. But outside of the boat, the church, without Jesus' help, who's going to lift you up spiritually? The people in the church can't because you're not in the boat and you refuse to be in the boat. Jesus can't because he is the one that made the provision of the boat in the first place. He is the one that invites all to come and be saved from this world and protected from the storms of life. How do we do that? By getting in and staying in the boat. So if you choose to be outside of the boat, you'll be truly alone, trying to keep yourself spiritually afloat under your own power. But how can you tell what is the right direction spiritually without Jesus' help as the chief navigator? How can you keep your head above water without someone or something helping you? Nobody can do it alone. We need Jesus' help. We need the church's help as well. The easiest way to ensure that you're lost spiritually is to leave the church. But Jesus is reaching out tonight. I believe he's reaching out to multiple people tonight. He's saying, don't leave the church. Don't leave the church. Let the hurts be healed. Don't let them fester and don't let them turn to bitterness. Don't allow rebellion or carnality to take you away from Jesus. There's nothing out there for you. Don't be fooled by the devil who would love you to leave so he can devour you. If you've already left the church in your heart, now's the time to get back in the boat. You need to choose to allow yourself to be healed. You need to choose to allow those past hurts and what is causing you to withdraw to be healed by Jesus. If this message has spoken to you, I invite you to come to the front of the church and pray. Jesus will meet you here at this place, here at the front of the church, and the church will pray for you. It's you who decides whether you stay or whether you go. Jesus doesn't want you to go, and we don't want you to go. So make a choice tonight to be in the boat and to stay in the boat. Why don't you come? Why don't you allow Jesus to start that healing process in your life?